on this week's episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, why you don't feed the squirrels. We talk about Canada, and now they're the biggest marijuana distributor, and Matt from Old Nick Williams Distillery. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckle Studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's Honorable Mention Father of the Year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one, it's... Mojo! I just got my uh, AncestryDNA.com results back, and I am 1, 1,024th. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show, everyone. Uh, you can find us on the Facebooks at Southern Fried Philosophy. Go to our website at www.southernfriedphilosophy.com. Also on the Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio. You can also go to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Please subscribe, give us a like, give us a review, say we're awesome, whatever else you'd like to say. Any negative comments, <laughs> you can send it somewhere else. But anyway, no, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. You guys, are tearing, one. You guys have been tearing up our last several episodes, and that's encouraging us to kind of seek out material with those uh, those type of uh, avenues and mm-hmm. interviewees so uh, we can continue this uh this trend that we're seeing right now. So yep. we, anyway, we appreciate you joining us. Yeah. And uh, we want to say a shout out to our new listeners from Syracuse, New York and mm. India. Hey, Hey, they're back. They left for a little bit. Why and now did they back. go? Why did they go? I don't know, man. Maybe we're starting to Maybe talk about things. service was gone. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, glad to have those back. Hey, if you want to come check us out and you want to sit here in the Busted Knuckle Studio and you want to sit in the Bad Mother Smokers smoking hot seats, you need to shoot us an email at sfpradio at gmail.com. If you got a free Wednesday night and you're just like, hey, I got nothing else to do um, and you want to come hang out, just shoot us an email and we would love to have you in studio with us so um yeah there's that uh we also want to say um for our upcoming guests next week we have johnston johnson uh, bray and holly soup from the concord downtown and development corporation don't check out i promise they've got some really cool stuff and some events that are going on here in uh, downtown concord that we want to highlight um without any further ado i'm going to ask you like i ask you every week mojo how you be doing i'm a retired we, you're yeah, tired, 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 tired. I'm just already already tired for the week. Man, I got to <laughs> drive to Cincinnati, Ohio tomorrow morning. So, Are you serious? So when you're listening to this, I'll obviously be back by then. But that's a seven hour drive up and Good seven hour drive back. Gravy. Yeah. So I'm already uh, mentally dreading it. Mm. So you can't have nothing. Well, you somebody can't. somebody's got to do it. Yeah. So how you be doing? Uh, I'm good. Uh, my cats had a, a bye week uh, this past week. Somehow we moved from 20 to 14. I don't know how that's possible when by you the don't gra- play. By the grace of the uh, <laughs> college football ranking system, I guess. <laughs> the AP poll has, has us for 14, so I am excited about that. The other thing that I am stoked about, my I friend. They, I, think they also had, I think the AP poll also had Hillary Clinton winning in the landslide, too. Oh, is that the same the same AP poll? <laughs> um, hey, buddy, Big Blue Madness! It happened. It happened last past Friday. Our team looks good, Chief. You are you nervous at all? No, no not at all. No, I mean we we always have a good team. It just it, it you know once we get into ACC play, and that's where it really matters as far as uh, the cohesion of a team. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first. Five games are kind of fluff games anyway. Do you, have you even looked at your schedule? Do you know who your first game is? I do not. It is Kentucky. You're playing us. We're playing you guys. Wow. November 3rd. Maybe I should have paid attention a little. You, you're not a fan. I just quit. I quit on you. That's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should, we should, uh, I guess we should have a viewing party. It, the, here's the problem. You put a number one and a number two team up against each other. On a Tuesday night, mind you, and you give us a nine thirty time slot. Nine thirty. I need a nap <laughs> just to fi- get through it. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and 
just uh, tell you now, I'm going to be front-loading that day with uh, tacos. <laughs> it's just Taco Tuesday. No, listen. You and I, you have a horrible track record when you eat tacos. <sighs> I have never once, when whenever you've had a stomach issue, I've said, what, what did you eat? Every single time it's been a taco. Well, I don't know if it's the taco or the quantity of tacos. How many tacos at a sitting do you do you have all of them <laughs> <laughs> well as, done, many, as many as many as i can fit in in my face fit in this so. mouth yeah oh my gosh mm. uh, but legitimately like is it like 17 or is it no like i can do four? like eight eight yeah yeah if you go to tacos for life you're getting eight tacos no see every taco place has a different type of portion size okay. so if i go to our standard old uh sunday Sunday after church mm-hmm. at a uh, Mexican restaurant, I can probably eat about 12 of those street tacos. If I go to Tacos for Life, I'm probably eating like three or four because they're just uh, yeah. different portions. But uh, yeah, it mm. just all depends on the, the restaurant. Yeah, no, that's true. That's fair. Yeah. But I, hey, buddy, I, I, if we have an event, I am putting you on hiatus because you cannot have tacos the week before we yeah, have an event. Yeah, yeah. We I, gotta I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. So <laughs> how you be doing? Uh, dude, I'm good. Like I said, uh, you know, just the the work madness and everything else. Uh, my wife also, I want to say thank you for all the people that checked in on my wife. She's feeling much better now. She, you know, she had the double ear infection last oh, week. Oh, wow. So, you know, she is not double ear infection. How does one anymore. get double ear infection? That's what I still haven't figured out. Mm. We've said it was from the, the drainage. Uh, remember? Oh, that's right. The allergies. Also, yeah. by the way, my wife heard about the Hawk and Loogies. <laughs> she was not happy about that. <laughs> From last episode, she was not happy. Um, so, so it was just a crazy, crazy time. So, yeah, I got that. Um, so, as we do almost every week, we are going to go into some wacky news. Imagine this. You are walking by a bank. Uh, This bank has windows on the outside, and you see a bunch of people hiding under a desk. What are you going to do? Obviously, call 911 would be the first action. Yeah, and that's what every normal person would do. Um, Armed security guards rushed to a bank uh, following reports of a robbery were shocked to discover that the staff were cowering under their desks because they were all playing a game of hide and seek. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't find a worse possible location to do hide and seek. Emergency services were called by a concerned member of the public, of course, at 9.50 in the morning. uh, Fired arms officers descended on the scene of Colmore Raw in Birmingham, and this is uh, in England. Uh, They... They uh, crashed through the door mm-hmm. trying to find the burglar, and then they said, "Oh no, we're playing a magical game of hide and seek." There's, you know, there, <laughs> you know, there's still one employee that's unaccounted for right now that's probably still hiding. <laughs> How'd that go down? You're never going to find me. I'm in the vault. Wow. I, I hid myself in the vault. I bet that. Uh, I bet the <laughs> probably the president of those banks probably has now replaced. Management staff and probably half the employees there. Who was the genius that said, hey, by the way, before the bank opens in 10 minutes, let's play a game of hide and seek. Mm. Y'all, probably not thinking thinking great thoughts yeah. on that staff. Next time, close the blinds. Yeah. Uh, the police there tweeted out, coming, ready or not, here <laughs> I come. Uh, but it's not the most ridiculous call that they've had. The last month, call handlers at the like the nine the lo- like the equivalent nine one one were stunned to receive a report saying someone was having they call it having a row with a lamppost. Now, in my head, I'm thinking that means something comp- completely different. Evidently, it just means that they are getting called because people are yelling uh, at the lamppost, thinking it was somebody there, and they're just like you know yelling and screaming at them. But they have received <laughs> numerous on. calls of that. You need to leave. Yeah. Wow. I'm not going to say who, but we've had somebody that has um, has been able to walk home from our DCBC 
that's that stared really hard at a bush one time, thinking it was <laughs> in his way. So I'm not ma- mentioning any names, but hey, buddy. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> since then, we have reduced our DCBC down to one drink. There you go. Uh, so there's that. Um, so uh, I thought that one was funny. Uh, I also have to bring up, you talked about last week that there was uh, a food that you said was the most disgusting food that you've ever had. Do you remember what that was? I cannot remember. You can't remember last week. I know. It was sweet pickles. You said that you would rather lick the floor than have a sweet pickle. That's probably correct. There's a few other things on the list, but sweet pickles are one of those. Mm. Bread well, and butter. <laughs> I do. I love me. The other, I went home that night, mm-hmm. opened the jar of bread and butter, and just started eating them. And I was like, I just, Mojo ugh. would love this, by the way. Oh, man. No? No. You're sorry. I can't handle it. Um, so there has been a disgusting food museum that has opened up in Malmo, Sweden. It's opening later this month. It will display 80 disgusting foods from around the world. Wow. Uh, and actually, probably 20 of them are from Sweden. <laughs> uh, some Japanese uh, Japanese food was mm. Japanese cod. How do I say this? Um, male. Wieners. Not not even that. What comes out oh, of the wiener. Oh, yes. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I don't know if wiener's any better, but anyway. <laughs> so Japanese cod. Um, Procreation fluid. There we go. Um, so there's that. I mean, that's a food. Yeah. Um, Mexican tree ant larva. Mm. Chinese mouse wine. Ugh. Yo. <laughs> now it comes to America. What do you think is the most disgusting food Coming out of America. Any thoughts what this could be? Burger King's chicken nuggets, 10 for a dollar, because there's no way they can make chicken nuggets for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Not close. Um, what if I told you a root beer and Twinkies? That's, that's listed as disgusting? They're on the same level as Mexican tree ant larva. And that's the reason why, you know, that's the reason why America... Uh, a lot of times gets a gets a uh, a bad rap on the global stage because people take stupid stuff like this and try to put it into a format that says we're horrible. That's, mm-hmm. Those are delicious. Oh yeah, I would eat those together. I mean, Twinkies will be a ration it. when the zombie apocalypse hits. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you can't. I mean, they last forever, and you can't kill the company. The company closed once and reopened again. So yeah. But there's probably some root beers on that list that probably deserve to be one of the worst food. What, what's your favorite root beer if you have a go-to root beer? <sighs> um, Boylan's. I don't know if you've heard of Boylan's oh, or no. Hank's. Or, I have not. They're smaller uh, uh, soda makers. <laughs> they're good. But, you know, just a regular A&W. Yeah. I like an, a, like an A&W root beer float, yeah, which go, I haven't had one in a while. But yeah. but uh, I think a, A&W is probably the, out of the bigger yeah. companies. That's probably one that's a Yep. I like drink. A&W. Yeah. That's good. Um, some of the things that are also on um, the list is a a duck fetus and amniotic fluid that was uh, boiled. Mm. Mm. Anybody want to try that one? Mm. That's Lips. disgusting, right? Mm. Served with a little bit of sausage. Yeah. So anyway, so wow. <laughs> the old uh, disgusting food museum. If you had, I wonder how much it do. costs to attend this. I don't know. But do you, like, do you get samples or just like? Ooh, yeah. I didn't. Uh, it didn't mention that in the article. Do you get samples? Well, I mean, there's a, I, I there's probably some list of foods that are probably worse than those. Some of those actually, because mm-hmm. you know, some of the Asian countries actually have you know, um, uh, fertilized eggs actually already have the bait, the baby bird in it. Then you just eat the whole shell and egg. And yeah, I saw yeah. that on billions. Yeah, they, they were talking about that yeah. on billions. Yeah. Also, the thousand year old eggs from mm-hmm. China and some of the other Asian countries too are Everybody. not that great. Yeah. <laughs> so. I just thought Twinkies and root beer. How does that even make the list? Yeah, I could think of a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Spam would probably no, be. No, no, no. You love spam? No, I don't like spam, but I'm talking about like some of the organ meat cheeses that we oh, have yeah. here. Or, uh, well, the article mentioned faux gras. Faux gras. Faux gras. And evidently, to get that, you have to force feed the duck until mm-hmm. the liver explodes. Mm-hmm. That's quite well, disgusting. Well, not explodes. It just gets fat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it's not a a very humane way to treat an right. animal that you're going to harvest right but i don't i don't think that the foie gras is actually disgusting i mean yeah. no yeah i mean like uh there's 
there's fruits out there like Duran, which is a a uh, this looks like a avocado with spikes oh, on yeah. steroids. Like it's, a porcupine avocado. Yeah, and it's probably either the size of a football or bigger. And when they crack one of those things open, boy, watch stinks. out. It's like yeah, it's just like rotten fish. Blech. So and they actually have Duran ice cream machines in some of these countries. So No thanks. Yeah. Um so <laughs> Don't feed the squirrels. Can I just say that? From Cleveland County, North Carolina. It's a homegrown. Oh, yeah. uh, 911 call was released Tuesday. Shreds new light onto what may have happened when a man shot by one of his own booby traps while he was trying to feed the squirrels at his home. Uh, the man around 1130 Monday uh, went out his back door to feed the squirrels. 69-year-old man... Uh, opened the door and a booby trap went off and shot his arm off. He called 911 saying, I blew my arm off. I have a trip wire. I opened up the door and the trip wire went off and blew my arm off. Hey buddy, ball because he wanted to feed the squirrels. Who are you afraid of that you have to have a trip wire system? <laughs> He's 69. By the way, can I just play this 911 call? We actually, I mean, it's, it's a legit call. So here's, Here's part of the 911 call. Cleveland County 911. Something else over to one. What? Just happened. I blew my arm off. For what? They're editing that. You know that. Hey, sorry. I'm going to die. Okay. Well, how did this happen, sir? I have a tripwire and I opened up the door and what the, the, the tripwire went off and blew my arm off. I'm going to die. I'm in the driveway. I'm going to die. Just tell everybody I love them, okay? Sir, we got help on the way. Is there anything you can control the bleeding with? No, I'm out here in the driveway. I'm, my arm's blowed off. <laughs> he sounds incredibly I'm, calm. I'm shot anyway. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'm Guess he's been shot before. Anyway. Uh, get close to that. So, uh... He said, well, you call Bill over at the, uh, at the, uh, uh, junkyard. He wants somebody to call Bill, Bill over. Bill owes me twenty bucks. <laughs> I don't think my call, if I called nine one one, would be nearly as calm as that guy. Not by any stretch. No. Like I said, I go back to my original question: What? Mm. Who are you afraid of to have a tripwire? Can I also tell you this? As the police rolled up, uh, there were other booby traps that. Oh that, yeah, yeah. That had to have been maneuvered around so that they don't. He doesn't get hit. What is this guy afraid of? Oh, I mean, he's 69, so he's, he's probably seen some things. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I guarantee you, after he got, fixed, he got fixed up, he might have had a psychiatric visit somewhere. Oh, you think? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean. He called Bill, and then later in the nine, the 911 call is, by the way, 10, almost 11 minutes oh, wow. long. And he's just sitting there, and there was no discussion on most of it. And then you hear somebody in the background, and he's talking to somebody, and he's putting a tourniquet on him. <laughs> and I'm just like, good gravy. I wonder, yeah, I, I wonder what kind of shot load was in the shotgun. You know, bird yeah. shot or slug or yeah. double bear, double out barrel. I mean, buck or whatever. I mean, I just, yeah, he, to shoot his arm off, obviously, he, he didn't shoot his arm off. He just probably blew a hole. <laughs> but right, still, right. a fairly nice-sized wound, I'm sure. But. Yeah. Wow. There, there ain't any part of me that's going to go out and feed the squirrels, much less if I have a booby trap somewhere yeah. on the backside. I mean, obviously, hey, his buddy. memory must be slipping if he can't remember he right. has a booby trap there. Yeah. That's what I said, booby trap. <laughs> remember remember from Goonies? Yep. <laughs> Love that line. That's right. And that was Wacky News brought to brought to you by Webmerized. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will have some uh, This Is Your America Hot Topics. Words cannot describe how awesome Robert and his team at Webmerized are. In our time of need, Robert came through for us and devoted more time than expected to help our organization develop our new website. It truly is a blessing to have an individual that can speak to the average person not in the IT world in a manner that can easily be understood. The process of working with his team was painless, and I look forward to working with them for future projects. Our website is spectacular, and I'm really proud of what was developed by Webmerized. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Don't take Stella H's word for it and also Southern Fried Philosophies, but go out to webmerize.com, W-E-B-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, or check out the sponsors link on our website. And if you mention the word biggin in your order, you'll get 10% off. Check them out at webmerized.com for your web services needs. 
All right, so we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will have Hot Topics and our special guest, Matt, from Old Nick Williams Distillery. We'll be back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. So, um, you know those like little um, speeding uh, things on the side of the road, yes. the roadside yes. speed? Sensor marker uh, things, yeah. Yeah, speedometers. Um, hey, buddy, next time you're going by one of those things, you may want to think twice. I just kind of blow by them, right? I don't even think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, there's not a cop there. No big deal. But there's an article that just uh, came out saying that according uh, to a recently released U.S. federal contracting data, the DEA will expand, be expanding the footprint on its nationwide surveillance through the purchase of multiple trailer-mounted speed displays and they're going to be retrofitted with license plate readers. Um, so the whole idea is they're going to be checking license plates using these little speed uh, speedometer things uh, as you're going down just to track who's going up and down the interstate. Now, the whole point is so that they can try to catch those folks that are doing illegal activities, you know, running um, drugs is, is the, what they're, the main thing is that they're saying, or um, – Money laundering or things like that. They're trying to. That, that's what the DEA is saying. Um, but but the the problem is it's mass surveillance for the country. Mm-hmm. Like uh, other uh, states that have had this, Maryland has one of them that said out of forty seven, um, uh, forty seven out of every one million plates scanned by the police. Uh, were linked to a serious crime. So 0.005 um, for those that were um, suspected of a crime in Austin, um, 0.001% of them were done. And then by uh, Atlanta, which I would think would probably be a little bit higher, out of 128.5 million license plates, um, 786,000 were suspected of connection to a crime. That's 0.6%. What do you think about the mass surveillance of of folks when they're on the on the highway going up and down? Um, you know Alex Jones, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, I hate to give credit where credit's due. I don't know what your opinion on Alex Jones is, but he he kind of talked about this about Did ten he? years ago. Wow, yeah, maybe a little bit longer, huh? You know, with uh, the the you know the cameras at stoplights, right? You know, things yep. like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is kind of a they they called him a kook then, but I you know it's amazing how sometimes vindication happens. Obviously, either A he is a great predictor, or B he must be on something. <laughs> so, how do I feel about it? I I don't I don't like anything that can be used. In surveillance of mass, more mass surveillance, or surveillance of any citizen or right. individual that actually happens to be in this country, I, I think that's a, a crappy use of law enforcement. I think it's a crappy use of um, a misappropriation of uh, of law. But also, mm-hmm. you know, it. I think it leads to it's a slippery slope that leads into the Fourth Amendment. You know, yeah. with, with search and seizure, and basically having you know the, no privacy at all. Right. I mean, because. This is just a prelude to next. They have these speed traps or these these trailer mounted, you know, um, speed checkers that will be taking pictures of license plates of violators and then be sending tickets yeah. I, I, in the near future. Yeah. I, I'm willing to bet. So these things will probably be everywhere um, if it if it becomes a, a revenue generator yeah, for a city exactly. or a county exactly. or state. So. It's just a matter of time, yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, with, as technology grows, they may actually implement them in you know speed signs or something like that. You know, yeah. as, as it becomes more affordable. So, I, I don't like it because we're, we're being surveilled just because of point oh oh one percent of the population that drives uh, may have been connected to a crime. Right. May have, may been, have been connected to a crime. not not, not like connected. Like could have been the pizza guy that delivered a pizza two hours before. <laughs> right. You know, two guys just uh, exchange. Uh, cash for drugs or drugs for cash. So yeah. um, I don't like it just because 
it, as as we're moving forward with in this nation, you're guilty until proven innocent. Well, that's not that's how true. this country is found, founded. So yeah. obviously, um, when you start having adding these surveillance things, I think that kind of just hammers home that you know we're none of us are innocent. Yeah, we're just waiting to be found guilty. So. One of the things that it does mention in the article is that they'll not only do they, you know, check the license plate and record it, but then they'll they'll store that just in case that that may be needed later. Mm-hmm. They're not, they just they keep it just in case you need it. Well, it's the same thing with our, our cell phone data or, mm-hmm. or just cell phone numbers and yeah. messages and things like that are stored in these super center uh, servers, you know, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, just in case they just in case you need they it. need it, or just in case in the future. Uh, to where technology, our technology catches up with, I actually can comb through all this data yeah. that's received. So, yeah, it, you know, we we a lot of people have often argued that we're in a surveillance state, mm. you know, and Big Brother and this and that. Well, I mean, this is just one more little step towards that inevitable future. It looks like. Yeah, it's it's a little uh, nerve wracking, you know. It will be, and then you know if. Uh, before long, instead of the DEA, DEA just claiming sole ownership of, you know, trying to protect us from drugs and money laundering. I don't know how they can do that <laughs> right, know, right. unless someone's just hanging a baggie of weed out the door <laughs> or a bag full of cash. You know? sure. But, you know, it'll it'll be it'll be used by Homeland Security mm-hmm. to in, in yeah. under the guise of tracking terrorists. Right. You know, which I guarantee you the percentage of terrorists out of 340 million people currently in the country is probably 0.01% too. So, yeah, yeah, just a slippery slope. Yeah, and they're adding, you know, more and more technology to that too. So they're actually starting to take pictures of Mm. the the people that are in the car Mm. and they can do face recognition through that. So that makes it even You know, just even the the simple license plate reader. I mean, I know people – well, probably different opinion with me on this, but that's okay. I, I, I can care less. But mm-hmm. you know, the license plate readers is there to is not there for your safety. It is mm-hmm. because obviously they're, they're trying to check people who have not currently paid their registration dues or up, right. up to date on their property tax, et cetera, et cetera. So these are they're looking for people that may not be compliant with the system. They're not necessarily criminals. They mm-hmm. just haven't paid. Yeah, uh, they haven't paid their lion's share to Caesar, and that's where we get into more dangerous ground because you're, you know, people, you know, in in our bill of rights, we have the right to travel. Well, that obviously is violated every day because you have to have a driver's license to drive. You have to have car insurance to drive. You have to Mm -hmm. have um, your vehicle inspected in this state and some states don't, you know, we don't have the the free and right to travel. And um, it's definitely a privilege. It's not a right to to be able to drive in this country. So anyway, Mm -hmm. it, Make no mistake, this is nothing. This is going to be a gener- a revenue generator. Yeah, eventually. All right, so we will talk uh, some some Canada story coming up here. Do you remember this? The old Dudley Do Right. I do not. The old Rocky Bullwinkle, oh, and he was okay. like the Canadian Mountie. Yeah, okay. Now I got you. It's been a while. (laughs) So Toronto, Canada. um, Canada has now become the largest country with legal national marijuana marketplace. The old Mary Jane, the old ganja, the old dope. It's a left-handed cigarette, stinkweed, stunk, or stink. Uh, The Acapulco Gold and the old devil's lettuce is now legal in old Canada. Oh, the madness. Cue the madness. <laughs> this is this is a great time for us to invest in the Twinkies and then go to go to Canada and start selling those. But actually be a great time to invest in marijuana stocks in Canada Canadian stock market. Oh well. You could have done it that away. <laughs> uh, so Canada has legally uh, ha- has had legal marijuana since 2001, and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau um, has spent two years working toward expanding that, including the recreational marijuana. And this is also um, interesting. Canada will pardon all of those convictions that were possessing 30 grams of marijuana, which is now the legal threshold. So anybody that had uh, 30 grams or less and was arrested will now be able to file for a petition and hopefully get released from the uh, judicial system. How about that? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, 
I'm, if you've listened to the show before, I'm, I'm pro cannabis. Um, I don't personally use it. Um, I can't for, for medical reasons due to heart transplant being compliant with the system. But, um, I'm a firm believer in rights. <laughs> so, right. um, Maybe a better way to say it is you're not pro-cannabis. You're just pro-rights. Well, I'm also pro-cannabis, okay, too, because I, I do believe there's medicinal and recreational therapies. Sure, no, therapy. I agree with that piece. Um, I mean, I, I like to partake in a beer, mm-hmm. but you can only have so many beers before – you know, you're out driving down the road and you're mowing over, you know, little puppies. So <laughs> good gracious, um, that escalated quickly. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but you know, cannabis is not not the same way. But there's there's been times where the military guys PTSD have greatly mm-hmm. benefited from sure. from uh, that form of therapy. But no, I, I'm not a big fan of Justin Trudeau. Um, he is uh, very left of my political view as far as. Um, Domestic security, and I'm not in I'm not in Canada. So it doesn't right. really bother me, but uh, he's just very anti gun rights. Very anti. Um, uh, he's very anti nationalism. Mm. Of course, that's a bad word today. Nationalism. <laughs> um, he's very much for um, for those at home. That means making America great again. Oh, <laughs> well, making Can- making Canada great again. I guess. Um, but he's he's got he's very involved in this new um, identity politics where um, anyway he he's just involved in a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. I personally don't like. But yeah. this is one thing that I actually had to have to kind of tip my hat to the illegitimate son of Fidel Castro, John, <laughs> Justin Trudeau. <laughs> no, I think this is a great move because um, it, it adds a source of economy. Mm-hmm. Um, it adds. We'll say that. Yeah. yeah. It adds a uh, it will help dry up the black markets, which will help eliminate or, you know, the threshold of crime a little bit with the drug related fences. Um, as far as, you know, the travesty of, of, you know, marijuana being smuggled into the country through, right. uh, illegal sources, human trafficking, things like that. So this can be a great move as far as closing down the black market, which I'm all about. Um, you know, pe- people who love to pay taxes, well, guess what? This stuff's taxed, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it generates yeah. tax revenue, which could be, you know, put back into the system for all the social welfare or safety nets. So, I, I'm I'm about this. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a I'm a pro. I'm an individualist. I, I love mm-hmm. people that that follow along with that individualist rule that you can you can determine your own uh, fate, self worth, um, liberty, life, pursuit of happiness. And I think this is one of those. I think this. You know, who who says that smoking something that kind of grows in the ground. That, that's wrong, but by the way, cigarettes okay and alcohol's okay. So yeah. I just, I've never gotten that legitimate logic that people try to spew. You talk about legitimate. I mean, it was not long ago that in America you were raked over the coals if you were a tobacco farmer, mm. um, and and that whole business was put down. But yet now everybody seems to be yay smoking marijuana. Mm-hmm. But you're still smoking something. Like, that still can't be good for you to smoke it. Like, maybe, I understand, like, medicinal. Okay, like, Uh. you know, you can take a pill or whatever, or the CBD oil or anything like that that's legal here. But, like, why are we so, like, angry about tobacco smoke, but we're not angry about marijuana smoke? Yeah. Well, obviously, obviously, tobacco is in our culture. It's been since the founding of this country, you know, right. to a tobacco farm. So it's ingrained in our society. Now it's a taboo now, and everyone looks, you know, looks at a, at a cigarette smoker with disdain and hatred. <laughs> um, you know, when they see them outside smoking, you know, as they're walking into their favorite restaurant or right. watering hole. So um, there is a dislike for cigarette users and smoke, but mm-hmm. no one, no one would ever think about taking that right to do, you know, to to smoke away. Oh, even though you know, even though. Uh, marijuana was sold to us by the predecessor to the drug enforcement agency as uh, we're trying to save the culture and the nation and the people. Um, tobacco on record is a little bit worse, you know, than, than cannabis. So, um, it, so if the, if the federal government, FDA, DEA, whatever you want to, any three letter <laughs> letter agency that you want right. to name, if they really had the public interest at heart, they would probably eliminate all of them. Of course, they tried that with prohibition, and that never <laughs> right. really worked. So, um, I, I like I said, I I, th- I just think it's yeah. a good move in Canada's part. Hopefully, you know, the U.S. will follow soon. You know, follow closely behind sometime soon. So, 
Yeah, it's not going to be too far, but you can't tell me that you would much rather have somebody outside of your your favorite watering hole smoking a cigarette versus smoking weed. Mm. Like just the smell of the old stankweed is mm. nasty. Like it's just not a good smell. It's I think it's an acquired smell just like Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's an acquired smell just like uh cigarette smoke, you know, or tobacco or uh cigar smoke or pipe smoke or anything that you know is kind of that uh, that invades your your senses for it's the first time stank weed for a reason <laughs> i mean because it's stanky sure it's stanky I, I i don't disagree with that but <laughs> you know it, you your right to be offended by the senses doesn't trump sure. that person's right to no, be able to make I a decision like if we're the again the inconsistency like we're mad at tobacco smokers but we're okay with weed smokers again well, actually well we're but also we're we're it depends on what side of the law you are because the ones who are like let's keep everything illegal and be a negative nancy's they're they're <laughs> mad at they're mad at to or cannabis smokers sure want to lock them up in jail Right. Mad at the tobacco smokers, but don't want to lock them up in jail. So, you know, <laughs> the inconsistency it, no, yeah. again. But, but of course, the, that lobby that 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 lobbyist group that goes and keeps these things legal and illegal, they don't want that tax dollar to dry up. Sure, they love the tax dollar from the sin oh, yeah. taxes on tobacco. So, good gracious, it'll never go away. How much is that per dollar? You think like nine? Oh, I don't know. I mean, at this point, I mean, you know, cigarettes by the pack back in the day was cheap. Mm. You know, two, three bucks. Yeah. I mean, now you go and for top level, I have uh, no idea. Top, top level box. The only reason I know is because you go to the gas station, the prices are right there. But you're looking five, six bucks. Uh, some areas, mm. I mean, Chicago, when I was there, it was 12 to 15 bucks for a pack of cigarettes. Wow. So, um, yeah, makes the old, the old cancer sticks are kind of a expensive <laughs> habit. <laughs> right. Oh, well. So, uh, that's our, uh, Top our hot topics. So uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will have Matt and Zeb from Old Nick Williams Distillery. Uh, so we're excited to have those guys on the show. All right, so we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will have Matt and Zeb from the Old Nick Williams Distillery. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Hey guys, it's me, Bigging. Summer is made for grilling and chilling, and you too can be the baddest mother smoker on the block using our favorite award-winning smoking sauce. Bad Mother Smokers is perfect match for that favorite meat, veggies, or even that secret ingredient in a pot of chili. Check out badmothersmokers.com to place your order, and if you want to be a barbecue pit master like Mojo, enter the promo code MOJO for 10% off your order. Visit badmothersmokers.com or the sponsor section of our website at southernfriedphilosophy.com. Back to the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. On the phone today, we have a, a duo. Uh, Zeb and Matt Williams are with Old Nick Williams uh, Distillery. Uh, you can actually find their website at Old Nick we- or, excuse me, oldnickwhiskey.com. Uh, they are a local North Carolina bourbon, Carolina whiskey, wine <laughs> <laughs> distillery out of Forsyth County. And we're, we're, we're absolutely uh Gracious to have them on, and grateful to have them here um, to to talk about their whiskey and the, of course the uh, the history of the of the company because obviously they date back a little bit further than some of the other kind of newer distilleries out there. And of course, our friend Leon uh, Tanner from Watchman Cigar speaks very highly of these guys. So, welcome to the show, Zeb and Matt. Thank you very much. Yeah, great, great to appreciate the invite. All right, so I guess we're, let's start with the history because I'm a, I'm a history nerd and um, I, I love uh, finding out about Southern history and American history. And so, kind of give us some uh, breakdown of 
I guess just how old Nick Williams came to be. All right. Well, uh, well, we'll start it back um, in the the mid to late 1600s. Our call it fourth grade grandfather actually acquired a land grant of 8,000 acres here in the area and came and settled at 18 years old and built the first still in 1768. After that, word spread of the quality of the liquor, and the next thing you know, he's in operation as a distillery. Um, you know, he was actually a colonel in the Revolutionary War, went by the name of Colonel Joseph Williams, by, basically by the time he died, and is buried right down the road from us with military honors in our family graveyard. Wow. Uh, the, the long and short of it, the, the distillery was passed father to son, father to son, until my great-grandfather got it. Uh, around the age of 20 years old. Um, his dad and father died within a year's time of each other, so he actually inherited the distillery at a much younger age than, than the forefathers before him. Um, he's also the one that kind of took the business to its grand stature uh, pre-prohibition, and he was also the one that endured uh, the 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 prohibition-style laws of North Carolina and then what came to, to ultimately put the business down with federal prohibition. So, um, you know, we've got a lot of history with the brand, a lot of cool artifacts that, that go back and date back to, to his his time period, letters from presidents, old bottles, and things that, that really add coolness to the brand. No, absolutely. Uh, by the way, I'm a, I love graphics and business, and I, I really dig – uh, y'all's logo, just the, the simple scriptive word. Sometimes the simplest is the best, but just the graphic is alone is pretty cool. So, absolutely, we we were very fortunate. We reached out to a a pretty good branding team called Ignite Branding out of uh, Oregon, and they specialize in spirits and alcoholic beverage style branding. We told Dave what we had in mind and and just told him the history of the brand. And that's what they delivered on their first shot. So he pretty much said they felt the history in it, and he said it kind of came very easily to them. Nice. We used uh, Fiverr for ours. We paid somebody from India to make our logo for $5. (laughs) 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 So there's that. Um, So what are you guys cooking out there at Old Nick Williams Distillery? Uh, well, currently right now we have two products that are on the market here in North Carolina. We have our Carolina whiskey, which is bottled at 92 proof, uh, and we also uh, have our Carolina bourbon, also 92 proof. We're uh, corn, wheat, and malted barley, and it's an over 200-year-old recipe. We're basically just recreating the same thing that our forefathers were doing before. Hmm. Uh, we're working on a rum and also a single malt as well as some other uh, products as well, hopefully within the next year. So for our listeners, what's the difference between your whiskey and your bourbon? Yeah, absolutely. And we get that question a lot. You know, our whiskey basically is unaged, uh, so it's not in a barrel. Uh, we call it whiskey because we pay a hell of a lot of taxes on it. Uh, <laughs> but it's basically... It's basically moonshine. Uh, it's again, it's unaged whiskey. It's not in a barrel without uh, the sugar. Yeah, without the sugar, and that's something a little bit different than we do uh, than you know maybe some others have had before sitting around the campfire or at Christmas. You know, the moonshine a lot of people get uh, out there is made with a little bit of grain and a whole lot of sugar. And our recipe again didn't call for any sugar, so we use roughly about eleven hundred pounds of grain in every mash that we make. So uh, you actually are able to taste the true corn and and the grains that are in in the whiskey now of course our bourbon made with the same grain bill but it's put into a barrel and something that we you know express to folks that come in here is you know a lot of folks think all bourbon is from kentucky so we try to help educate folks and let them know that north carolina actually has some great bourbon and we're one of those bourbons uh so there are some rules but you know as bourbon is just specific to north carolina it's not specific to kentucky so we like to help educate folks on that as well i understand i think the only requirement uh in for location is it's got to be in the u.s right yes sir it is it is basically specific to the united states uh, you know there are some rules it has to be more than 51 percent corn it can't go in the barrel more than 125 no colors additives or any flavorings into the barrel uh, and we have to use a brand new American oak barrel each time, uh, so that is bourbon, you know, uh, by the law. Now, I was talking to a distiller this past week, and they were stating that it has to be a fifty-three gallon barrel. 
He he said everybody else is fake if they're using less than that. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, traditionally, yes. I mean, now as far as legally, no. Uh, you have to abide by the legal laws. The TTB, the Tax and the Trade Bureau, basically makes these laws that we that are regulated. And uh, you know, uh, it, again, it has to be a brand new American oak barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, a lot of folks think, well, it's been in that barrel for one day. It's still considered bourbon. But it's not going to taste like bourbon. <laughs> right. um, you, you won't know. be in, you won't be in <laughs> so, business you know, too long. You do yeah. have to let it sit for a little while, and you have to get the temperature swings as the barometric pressure changes. You know, the alcohol actually pushes into the wood and out as what they call breathing of the barrel. Uh, our bourbon right now is currently about eighteen months aged, and as we grow, we'll you know uh, have a more mature bourbon. Uh, anything over two years is considered straight bourbon. So that's something we try to kind of do here is. We let people know what the difference between whiskey and bourbon and scotch and cognac and stuff like that. Uh, so we like to help, you know, talk to people about that, too. And I think they leave here, you know, more educated on what the spirits they're actually tasting is. Sure. So what's been some of your struggles as you, you've launched it back up? So after Prohibition happened, um, you kind of had to restart, right? So what are some of the struggles going from, from that to where you're at now? Um, well, just like any new business, uh, obviously, taking on a new business is always a, a tricky proposition. But, you know, the alcohol world is, is really tough in the aspect that every time you turn around, somebody's suing you for something else or <laughs> somebody doesn't like the name that you put on the label. Uh, we'll, just, we'll just keep it real simple. Williams is a very popular brand. And, uh, you know, that, that led to some problems and a lot of money spent and, you know, just, just the, the fact of having to learn things the hard way, you know, uh, damaging barrels by not handling them right and watching your, your profits drain down the drain. And, uh, you know, just, just little things that any new business owner are going to endure. Sure. And kind of to have to actually add to that. Yeah. Like Zeb said, basically, uh, you know, something when any new business starts out, they really never, uh, factor in a whole lot of legal fees, a little bit of legal fees, but we actually have a whole lot of those. And that's something that's hard for, you know, not only distilleries, but beer and wine as well as, uh, trademark and patent law. And that's something that, you know, you really don't really understand until you get into the business. Uh, and, you know, that was one of the things that we have had to make changes and, and have moved forward. But uh, we are moving forward. And at this point, um, we're, we're past all that good stuff. Hopefully, knock on wood. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, actually, I, I had a, a restaurant, a couple a restaurant chain at one time in history. And there's actually in, a whole industry of people that just go around and, and buy variations of trademarks. Absolutely. Just so they can send you that letter saying a cease and desist, or you're going to have to pay pay me royalties. We met her this year. Yeah, <laughs> we met a few of them. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah, and and I apologize for my vagueness. I was trying to abide no, by contractual fine. agreements. You're fine. No problem. <laughs> no, it's just it's 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 ridiculous because I, I can't tell you how many of those letters I got. We we couldn't name a burger the same because they had a trademark on a burger, or you know yeah. we couldn't. We had to change or anything. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. What what they come up with, and, and that's the that's the problem, is the only people that that win at the end of that's the lawyer who's fighting the cases. Uh, it, you know, it costs the average Joe a lot of money to to, and it's usually against people that none of us can afford to do battle with. Oh right, yeah. So, you know. You know they play the game to know that we're gonna that you're gonna back out, and that's what they count on. They hedge the bet. No, absolutely. Not. I think it. Obviously, you know, I'm all about business and you know doing your own thing. But I think that's kind of it's one of the slimiest businesses I think I've ever I've ever seen created. You know, you got so you got a mom and pop out there trying to just operate, uh, trying to put food on their table, and then you have a guy who goes around and uh, just. Uh, tries to cr- uh, claim trademark infringement to just get paid. Basically it's a, you know, a payoff. A, a, like maybe that's the new, maybe that's the new mob, I guess. So, but uh, that's exactly what it is. So, so my daughter's decided she wants to be a trademark lawyer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 me- I remember having to hire one and you know, those guys aren't cheap, but you know, they, I guess they're worth every penny. I think maybe we should yep, stop sure. doing the podcast and start being a, a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> we'll see you in 12 years. Um, 
the state of North Carolina. Now I know you know we've had a we've had a, we've had an awesome uh, surgence of um, you know smaller craft breweries, but also these craft distilleries like yourself. Uh, how's North Carolina? But you know we how's North Carolina been to deal with? And I, I know you don't want to speak ill of the state that you conduct business in, but just kind of give you trust. Uh, give our listeners kind of an insight into just the happenings of a state and things like that. Because I know you drive up 85 and some other highways, you see billboards uh, about talking about liquor and beer law. Right. Yeah. Um, we are one of the last of 13 control states left in the United States, which means our, our state government has their hands on just about everything. Um, I'm actually, I sit on the board for the Distillers Association here in North Carolina, and and that's something that we are heavily focusing on is the change of ABC law. Uh, a lot of North Carolina ABC law, and when I say ABC, you can't think of beer and wine in the same aspect. Beer and wine are a whole different classification. They're allowed to do a lot of things that we can't do. Um, they're allowed, for example, when we throw events here at the distillery, we can only do tastings. I can have beer and wine uh, breweries and wineries here invited, and they can sell all of their product they want on my property, but I cannot sell mine. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nailed it. So um, the the laws out there in, when, in regards to spirits are still very, very uh, prohibition-style law, and that's what we're focusing on as, as a group is trying to change those laws and do it effectively. Um, that group is the one that have, have gotten us the ability to sell bottles at the distillery. They were the ones that got the brunch bill set in place to where mm-hmm. we could sell five bottles at the distillery after that. So um, with that being said, those laws are being challenged daily. But what we need out of the from the consumer is to know just how tough the laws are in regards to ABC. Uh, for example, Sunday is a great example. If the ABC stores are closed, we have to be close, or I can't sell a bottle. I can have you in to do a tour, but I can't sell you anything hmm. because the ABC store is closed. However, we close our doors on Sunday, and I drive two miles down the road to West Bend Winery, and I that's where I hang out and drink all day. Yeah. So um, it, it's that kind of law. I think most importantly, from the spirit standpoint and all the small distilleries across the state, we want parity with beer and wine. We want equality. We want parity with with beer and wine. That's that's as simple as you get. Yeah, it seems like a lot of these these laws are kind of archaic and just pre pre World War Two. Uh, some of them, a lot of them, are probably pre turn of the century. Um, they are pre prohibition laws. Yeah, and it's just it's crazy that we still have these. And um, you know, there's been a lot of articles written, uh, articles forward, forwarded on on the social medias with how you know big. Liquor companies, uh, I will not name any, but the larger holders of, of uh, these liquor brands are actually paying and infusing cash to, to basically hammer these bills down that could actually you know move forward North Carolina uh, booze, I guess. That is correct. Wow. So on a, on a more positive note, well, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are coming out with rum and a single malt. Um, like what is the biggest uh, – positive thing that has come out of the distillery at this point for you guys that you never would have dreamed of that this has really just been encouraging for you guys? Well, uh, you know, basically this is a family-run business. Uh, it's it's me, Matt Williams, Zeb Williams, his father, Van Williams, and my father, John Williams. For us as a family, uh, it always has been a dream, even for my grandfather, to try to reestablish the distillery. And uh, basically right after Prohibition, uh, you know, a few, a few years past, uh, it was tried. It, well, they tried to redo it and couldn't secure funding. Mm-hmm. And our fathers wanted to to, to start this back, and uh, they weren't able to do so when they were younger. And Zeb and I, as kids, always were like, "Hey, man, it would be really cool one day to actually get this thing back up and running." Uh, so, to answer your question, uh, this has brought our family close, sometimes too close. You know, family-run <laughs> business. Uh, but you know, it is, it has brought our family close and we're bringing back some of the history that would have died, you know, if we didn't. So I think it, that, that to me, it's about pride and, uh, you know, 
fellowship and uh, family for me. I think that that has been the biggest thing, you know, that I can say from it. Dang, man, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a first. (laughs) What's a a long-term, like long-term dream of your guys, of you guys? Success. Success. and, And define that for us. What does that mean to you guys? Well, I think right now, currently, you know, we're focusing in on North Carolina, the people that support us and have supported us, you know, our local community. Uh, we, we always try to do large events every quarter where we support uh, charities here locally as well. We work with several foundations uh, to support their charities. And, you know, what we want to try to do is finish work in North Carolina and then push into other states. Uh, you know, we're currently working on that, but, we, you know, we're roughly in about 80% of North Carolina with our Carolina whiskey and about 60% with our Carolina bourbon. Uh, you know, there's over 22,000 mixed beverage locations uh, in the state in addition to all the ABC stores like we were talking about before. That's another one of the biggest hiccups for us is we have to, you know, individually not only make the alcohol, we have to go out and pitch the alcohol. Mm. So that is to ABC stores as well as mixed beverage locations. Uh, we don't want a distributor because we know, not for North Carolina, because we know we sell our product much better than somebody else. Uh, so, yes, when he talks about success, we talk about moving in to, uh, again, like a worldwide brand that we once were. I mean, we've got letters here from, like Zeb said, you know, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, James Buchanan. Um, we also have a, a letter from uh, the King of Belgium, uh, where we used to be a worldwide brand. So we would love to be a worldwide brand again. That's, that's, that's success to us. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so you talked about a couple of events. I think I saw where you guys are leading an event coming up November 11th. Can you tell us a little bit about that one? I can. Again, that's, uh, that's an event that's not really too much associated with the old Nick Williams distillery. We're going to be involved in that event. Um, that's actually going to be put forth. It's called the big sip. Um, we're actually going to do a, uh, chili cook-off or a stew cook-off we're leaving that open to the restaurants that want to get involved just type of stew but we're bringing together uh just about 30 distilleries north carolina distilleries across the state some that produce beer and wine also local beer and wine uh you know vendors other vendors um leon's i think going to be involved with the event you'll be able to come in purchase a ticket come around and taste all the different North Carolina ABC products that are involved and, uh, you know, get a feel and actually shake the hand of the man or woman that makes each of the products across the state. Uh, what we're doing, uh, we're putting that on with, uh, with uh, Triad Local and some of the guys that are local here in the area and trying to uh, bring in money for the Distillers Association of North Carolina. We're obviously a nonprofit, and what we're doing is trying to raise money to uh, – pay our lobbyists very simple to uh, go out and fight these laws that we've just been talking about. Wow. Very cool. Awesome. So you guys are located uh, just about an hour North, I guess, or Northwest of uh, Charlotte, correct? That's correct. We're about an hour, hour and a half out of Charlotte and you can check it out at big uh, And we're keeping a constant flow of all the, the restaurants as well as the distilleries and breweries and all that are getting involved, the turnout starting to really, really do, 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 do good things. Well, good deal. I know that, um, for our, our local listeners, Charlotte and Concord, uh, area that, so about an hour North, Northwest like that, just go towards Winston Salem and, uh, yeah. And just, uh, you can check them out there and go support them. And, uh, we, well, all, we'll, we'll do what we can to promote you guys. So no doubt. Yeah, like he said, you know, that's about the big sip. We're located at 2675 Williams Road, which is just about 30 minutes or 15 minutes or so from Winston. Uh, and we're kind of out in the country. We're actually on the original site uh, where it was done back in the day. We kept everything original on the old home place. Uh, and, and, of course, our address is listed uh, on our Facebook as well as our um, uh, website. Very cool. So we can find they, our listeners. You guys can find them at old, uh, oldnickwhiskey.com. You can also go to their Facebook page, and that Facebook page is Old Nick Williams Company Farm and Dist- or Old Nick Williams Company Farm and Distillery. 
and uh, just check them out. And I'm sure you can get all your information as far as upcoming events or product lineup and tours, I guess, tastings, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah, we do tours and tastings uh, Tuesday through Saturday from 11 to 6. Uh, you know, again, we do the large events. Like you said, that's the best way to connect with us as far as events go. We try to do one a quarter, uh, and we, we put uh, announcements out on that on Facebook. Awesome. Well, I know we got to let you go. I think you guys have an event uh, coming up here. So thank you for taking some time to, to hang out with us for a little bit and telling us your story. Well, guys, thank you so much. We uh, look forward to maybe having you guys out soon. Yeah, we'd love to. Absolutely. Once again, thanks to uh, Zeb and Matt Williams for joining us on the show today. They're from Old Nick Williams Distillery. Please go check them out once again at oldnickwhiskey.com or you can find them on the Facebook at Old Nick Williams Company Farm and Distillery. So that was our show. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Please go to Google Play, iTunes, or Stitcher. Give us a like, a subscribe, a review. Please share those favorite episodes of yours on your uh, social media avenues. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, SFP Radio. Uh, the website at southernfriedphilosophy.com. You can also go to youtube.com forward slash SFP Radio. And also our Patreon link if you'd like to be a patron of uh, our show at patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. And don't forget, we got Johnson Bray and Holly Sloop next week on the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. And as always, keep looking up.